Baby got backlog. Hi, everybody. Oh, I did it again. My metronome <laughs> is running. Welcome to Baby Got Backlog, where I think that's a running joke now. Welcome to Baby Got Backlog, the show where, you know how you, you tell your friends, you're like, oh man, you should really watch The Haunting on Hill House, and they're like, oh great, I totally will, and then they don't watch it? Well, welcome to the show where you don't have that option, because when we tell each other to play a game, we have to play it. Your friends don't have the choice, they have to do what you have to say. <laughs> for better or for worse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the premise of the show. Uh, Trevor and I give each other a game to play uh, to add to our backlog, and then we bring it back to the show, and we talk about it like a dog who's retrieved a bone that they recently uh, dug up in the backyard. And you ask the dog to describe the bone, and are you drinking wine? What? No, don't say that on the show. Don't you, sell me out right now. Are you drinking grape juice for adults? <laughs> yeah. Uh, grape, no, I'm drinking Welch's grape juice for kids. This episode brought to you by Welch's. Drink grape juice. Wine for kids. Uh, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> we're very punchy. We have a lot to talk about today. Um Let's start with our our shout out to our friend Cozy. Um, well, why are we shouting our friend him Cozy, out? We're shouting him out because we recorded our first episode. We we made it live a couple weeks ago, and uh, one of the things we talked about in that episode is how it's a bit problematic for me because I only own Nintendo consoles. I don't have any Playstations or Xboxes or what have you. And uh, Cozy was so generous to text us and say, "Hey." I have an old PS4 like lying around. Um, I'd like to donate it for the show. So I picked that up last week. And uh, huge thanks to Cozy. That might be the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. Um, seriously, like, thank you so much, dude. <laughs> yeah, Cozy, we appreciate you. And uh, go follow him on Twitch. Uh, his handle is Cozy Dragon 3D Printing. He prints things with his 3D printer, and they're dope. And he puts them on Twitch. So go give him a follow. Go watch his stuff. Uh, it's boring, but it's fun. And we love yeah, and appreciate it. It doesn't him. sound boring. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Um, super nice, wonderful dude. We've been friends with him since college. So thank you, Cozy. Huge shout out to you. Um, yeah. So without further ado, do you want to jump right into the news? We have a lot of stuff up top before we actually get to our backlogs today. So... Trevor, go ahead and give us our first piece of news we're going to talk about. Yeah, boys and girls, ladies and gents, they thems. We're talking we're talking Pokemon right now. Uh as of recording this, Pokemon has officially announced Gen 9. It's here. Well, it's not here. It's coming. Scarlet Violet, we're back to colors. <laughs> Which I'm Yeah, yeah, I guess we are back <laughs> we're to back colors. We're back to colors for the first time in years. Yeah, so today was the Pokemon Presents, and it was basically nine minutes of mobile game nonsense, like stuff nobody cares about. And then the last 30 seconds, they were like, oh, by the, by the way, way, there's a new, new Gen X coming out, by the way. And everyone's like, that's the only thing we cared about. Why did you save it for the last 30 seconds? Which you and I <laughs> talked about the day before, uh, well, I guess that would be yesterday, <laughs> the day before today. Uh, we both called it, and we're like, you know, it's 14 minutes. It's going to be 10 minutes of mobile bullshit and Pokemon Unite. 
and then four minutes of, by the way, here's a new Pokemon game. Yeah, which, by the way, is just an interesting move in general because I was talking to my fiance today and I was like, yeah, they just announced um, the next Pokemon game and she shook her head and looked at me like, didn't, didn't, wasn't there just a brand new Pokemon game? Um, which is, is just sort of a weird way that they've approached it because, so if, if you're deep into r slash uh, Pokemon and all the people who follow Pokemon stuff, from what I understand, Pokemon is very rigid about their three-year schedule. So like every three years without fail is the next generation. So people had already kind of predicted that Gen 9 was coming out this year and that like based on that, that means that Legends Arceus is basically a just a hard spin-off. Like it's not it's just like not even a mainline game. Right. And uh I think you and I talked about this on episode 2 um because that's when the game that's when the game launched when Arceus launched and and I told you um it's called Pokemon Legends Arceus, which means it's a spin-off and not a mainline game. Um so I kind of saw that coming, that it's kind of a spinoff the same way that like Pokemon Ranger or um, the other one, Mystery Dungeon, is a spinoff. So I think we can expect to see Pokemon games and Pokemon Legends games. And I'm kind of OK with that, because if the Legends games stay as good as Arceus is and get better, I'm cool. Let's go. Yeah. And lots of people have kind of pointed out that like. As good as Legends Arceus is and, like, how cool of a game it is, it does kind of seem like Game Freak didn't put all their eggs in that basket. It seems like they pretty purposefully were like, let's make this an experiment. Uh, let's see if it's cool, if people like it. And it, it for the most part, it seems like it paid off and we'll see more games in that style. So, But, yeah, it's just weird. It's such a shift in the things we've seen from Pokemon, at least in terms of game releases. It's like... We got Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. Two months later, we got another brand new game that we've never seen. And then they were like, by the way, Gen 9. It's like a lot this year. Right. Gen 9, which, you know, 10-ish months later after RCS is going to drop. They said later this year. And I'll be damned if Pokemon ain't going to have a new game for the holiday season. So I'm thinking October, November. Uh, yeah, it'll probably be like November, December, because that's that's just how they do it. But yeah, that's like clockwork. Like I'm pretty sure yeah. people are correct about that. Like in 2025 will be Generation 10, and that will also release on holiday. Like they just Game Freak has a rigid schedule that way. Um, yeah, colors for 20 years, and then objects for five. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And you know what else is interesting, too, that you pointed out that we're getting they announced kind of a DLC for Legends Arceus already, which is weird because the game just came out like two weeks ago, Um, which this is another thing we've never seen where as opposed to like a big Isle of Isle of Shield or what the heck was it called? Um, The Isle of Armor. Armor. Yeah, the Isle of Armor. Yeah, instead of a big DLC drop, it seems like part of their strategy with this game was to do like little tiny updates to sort of like drop things throughout the months, like to keep people playing, which is mm-hmm. 
I don't know. We've never seen that in a Pokemon game where they're like, we're going to give you little updates to kind of keep people string them along a little bit, you know? And I think that's, I think that's a good sign and a good move for the, for this game in particular, because it is such a departure from what we've seen from the Pokemon company before. And a lot of games do that where they drop updates every couple months, as opposed to like two a year, like they did with Sword yeah. and Shield. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't think it's necessarily good or bad. It's just, it's worth pointing out. It's that, different. Um, it's different, yeah. So anyway, I know you had a lot to say about all of this Pokemon stuff. Like earlier, Trevor was like, all right, listen, dude, I'm going to have a lot to say about Pokemon. <laughs> so just take it, talk about Pokemon. Yeah, and, like, I, take it and I said it just like that. Um, so... We Pokemon Pokemon, <laughs> as I like to pronounce it. Uh, so we have our starters. We have a kind of an idea of what the world looks like. It's going to be open world. The water starter is a duck. There's not a lot of ducks. There's not a lot of fire monkeys. There's not a lot of grass kitties. I'm ready. I like I like the, the quadruped ones, and I like duckies, and I'm excited. Yeah, I there's a duck. Yeah, no, I love them. Like, it's funny that you say that they're quadrupeds because lots of people on Reddit are already like, please keep the ball quadrupeds and cute because for some reason they always do this with the fire starters where like the fire starters start really great and they're adorable and then by the end they're just like furries. another carbon copy. Yeah, they're yes, they're just furries. They're just like another Blaziken. They're standing on two legs and they're fighting type. And it's like, how many... <laughs> times have we seen this it's like every game now you know which one bothers me the most i just as a quick sidebar here the one which that, one the one well i guess the ones that bother me the most are blaziken and chimchar um infernape and here's why they are both basically furries fully evolved and they're both firefighting and those gens are back to back and i think if i'm not wrong I could be wrong. I think every fire type starter since Blaziken has ended up with a biped, and I think a lot of them have been fighting type, like more than more than those two. I um, think. Okay, so let's let's think about this. Gen five was, uh, yep, biped by the end. Gen six, biped by the end. Gen seven, biped by the end. Gen 8, biped, and Gen 9, he starts as a biped, so, dang. Yeah. You ain't wrong. They've they've all been. I also, I tried to pull up a picture of all the starters, and I, I was like, oh, I'll click this image on YouTube, and it pulled up a YouTube video and started blasting, so I was trying to click an image to see all of the starters, but yes, they've all been bipeds. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I hope the grass starter stays a bi or a quadruped because I love that design of like the little grass kitty. I think it's so cute. Yes. Yeah, they're really they're really great designs on the whole and like I don't generally have huge complaints about the starters. I think they're usually okay. I feel like like a lot of the times they lack character. They're not they don't stand out as much and I feel like all three of these are just winners. Like they're all adorable. Yeah, I think my favorite lineup up to this point has probably been uh Gen 7, uh Sun and Moon. 
if only if only for Litton. I love Litton so much. I wish it was a real oh, cat. Oh, the kitty cat? Yeah, I wish I had a cat that looked like Litton because he's a, adorable. Yeah, he's he's another one that like he's a great design, and then by the end it's like oh, okay, That's he's just, just a, furry. a big muscular cat. Yeah, it's it's just such a letdown. Um, I really like the little the little grass owl man who Rowlet. I should know his name, but I yeah I love Rowlet. He might be my favorite starter of all time. He's just so cute with his little bow tie. Rowlet is really cute, and Decidueye, grass ghost, like frick yes. Yeah, so. Anyway, they nailed it with the starters. Yeah. Uh, you glossed over quickly the fact that it's an open world, but, like, that's that's such a huge... Even they glossed over it. Like, they were like, experience the open world. And everyone was like, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on a second. It, it's the first mainline one. It's open world. That should be a big deal. Yeah. Well, and, you know, yeah. maybe that's maybe that's good that they're glossing over that. Maybe they're setting a new standard for themselves after Legends Arceus, which is awesome. Um normalize open world Pokemon games. Like, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, no, the let's go games are not open world. You're definitely getting that that backwards in your mind. What this now what I <laughs> would you <laughs> <laughs> You said let's go. Uh but I meant like a let's go not like Pokemon Let's Go. The worst Pokemon game in uh, recent memory. Yeah, people didn't like it, did they? I mean, people didn't hate them, but like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they're like they're whatever. Lu- they're lukewarm. Um, they're lukewarm. Yeah. So yeah, today was the Pokemon presents. Uh, in February, February twenty seventh. It was exciting stuff. Uh, it was cool. Is there anything else that's like pertinent that you're like excited to talk about, or can we go to our next bit of news? Um, I. A quick, I just think it was neat that um, Gen 7 is coming to Pokemon Go. That means I get to have Litten. All right. In Pokemon right. Go, hopefully yeah, and, shiny. And people, there was a coworker I was talking to the other day who still plays. I, I always forget because I don't play Pokemon Go, but people play Pokemon Go religiously still. So many people do. I do. Yeah. Um,. All right, so cool. Are we ready to move on to the next bit of news? Yeah, we can move on. Just never forget that the new water starter is a duck. Don't ever forget. Don't He's you, adorable. Don't you do it. He, he has a cute pirate hat. I By hope... the end, he's probably going to have like a sword. Yes. Like a pirate sword. No joke. I was just about to say, I hope the final form is like Captain Quackers or something stupid like that. <laughs> and his super crazy attack that does like 250 damage is make them walk the plank. He like pokes them off. <laughs> they go full Digimon and he becomes an octopus and they call him Dequacken. Okay, all right, we're moving on. <laughs> no more. We brought up Digimon. We strayed too far. <laughs> I'm sorry. Shut it down. No Digimon on the show. Um,. So anyway, so the second bit of news, which is depressing news, is Nintendo announced that I think at the end of March or sometime in March, they are officially shutting down the Wii U and the 3DS eShops forever. For the rest of the time. I'm shaking my head in disapproval. Yeah, <clears throat> it's, it's really depressing for a number of reasons. 
the biggest reason is that basically there are a ton of games that were accessible on those eShops for really cheap that once they shut those down, there's no legitimate legal way to get them except for buying like a Super Nintendo and buying the game for like $300. Right. Which is ridiculous <laughs> that Nintendo would not have a way to access these games. And by the way, um, it's also been making headlines that Nintendo has lobbyists that actively um, fight against libraries uh, storing their old games. So, like, they, they fight really hard against game preservation, and they're shutting down, like, their only way to access so many of their old games. It's so ridiculous. Which is is very surprising to me for Nintendo to do. Like, you expect this out of PlayStation and Microsoft... Um, it's weird to me that Nintendo is going this route because think of how many people still actively play Super Nintendo games and N64 games and, and the fact that Nintendo ported a bunch of Super Nintendo games and, and, uh, Nintendo games to Switch. Like, it just seems counterproductive for what Nintendo's really all about, which is, like, all of their games. (laughs) Right. I think at the end of the day, the way they're looking at it, I mean, I don't know anything about the game industry, but I think for them, they're trying to move to that subscription model where they have right now with the, uh, the Wii, or I'm sorry, the Switch, I don't even know what it's called, the Nintendo Switch online service, which is as opposed to being able to access all the games and buy them forever, they want to lock you into that subscription to access them which it it just seems like not a cool move like to make that the only way and it it might even be okay if it was the only way to access those games but they offered all of them but there's a number of games that they're sh- just taking off of those platforms that won't be available on their streaming service so i don't know it's it's pretty baffling t- to me um and lots of people are you know rightfully upset about it it's also upsetting too because It's just, like, right now, this month, I'm like, all right, I'm going on my my 3DS and my Wii U, and I'm like, what games should I buy now that will be gone forever unless I want to pay $300 for someone that's price gouging me for them? You know what I mean? Right, right. (laughs) It's like, Nintendo, just give me that choice to, I'll pay you $20 instead of paying some guy from Arkansas for it for, like, $80. Don't you, (laughs) Nintendo, don't you want to turn a profit for a 30-year-old game? Yeah, and that's that's sort of it. So it's I don't know. It's upsetting news in general, and it's it's very anti-consumer. Um, yeah, it is. I'm I'm yeah. It's it's not a a good feeling from Nintendo, but I wanted to talk about it because it's big news. Uh, if you're out there and you're playing those games, you want to get some games on the 3DS eShop or Wii U eShop. I would do it ASAP uh, and download those games forever, especially if they're. If they're Pokemon games that you want Pokemon from to put into Pokemon Home, you got to do it now. Time's time's ticking. Yeah, yeah, that's true. A lot of people are upset about that for sure because that's where the Pokemon Home and the 3DS is you upload. Something like that. You need the 3DS one. You got to go from the 3DS Pokemon games to Bank and then Bank to a different Pokemon game on 3DS and then that can go to Home and then 
Well, you put it in bank and then from bank to home and then from home to like sword and shield. Like, what are they thinking? It's, it's silly sometimes how convoluted and complicated everything has to be when like, even Microsoft and Sony have been better about their game preservation things. I think Microsoft has anyway. I think Nintendo, I think Nintendo has just been local, like not online for so long that when they started to delve into the world of online play and online, like, um, compatibility, they didn't really know what to do. Whereas Sony and Xbox, they've been doing it for like 15 years at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, let's not dwell on it too much. It's uh, oh, I'm something to keep your eye on. I'm dwelling. I'm dwelling. I'm, I'm dwelling. I'm losing sleep over it. I'm in a cave, baby. I'm dwelling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Next piece of news. Um, <clears throat> maybe we'll say quickly, uh, things in the future of the podcast is we're going to do some potential guest episodes with friends. Um, we've also talked about doing bargain bin episodes, which is like we go on some eShop and buy a game for like 99 cents and each of us play it, <laughs> which I think will be funny and silly. I can't wait. Car simulator, I'm coming for you. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to do some guest episodes, some bargain bin episodes. We have some things in our brain kicking around. And we also wanted to um, just discuss what's on our list of backlogs at the moment because I don't think we've really ever said out loud what's on our list for the other to play. But uh, no. you want to jump in and tell the people what they have to look forward to and maybe if they have suggestions, they can throw them out or something? I Yes, absolutely. Um, we're always open to suggestions. Even if there's a game, you know, neither of neither you nor I have played that maybe listeners are like, both of them will love this or one of them will certainly love this, but they should both play it. Um, so if you have a suggestion, uh, get a hold of us somehow and do that. Um, do you want me to go through my my list for you? Yeah, go for okay. it. Okay. So f- for Andy to play in the future, we have currently, this is all subject to change, Dead by Daylight, Lego Marvel Superheroes, <clears throat> excuse me, Star Wars Racers, which is the pod racer uh remake originally on n64 but it's available on playstation oh i'm sorry i'm so phlegmy today the doom reboot remake i guess re no it's a reboot um yeah reboot mortal kombat 11 the walking dead telltale series um i have duke nukem on there but it's basically doom so if he plays it it'll be a while uh pokemon let's go he's actually never done a full play on Rocket League, which we would probably play together, uh, Gone Home, Spider-Man PS4, and God of War PS4, currently. Yep. Oh, and I added, I added, sorry, I added two more to that list today that I haven't put on this physical list yet. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and Until Dawn. All right. And uh, this list is subject to probably expand now that I have a PS4. So oh yeah, it's getting look bigger. Look that. Yeah. All right. So for Trevor, um, I have my list is Dragon Quest Eleven, Link's Awakening, Yoshi's Island, Monster Hunter Rise with a question mark because, well, with a question mark, uh, Chrono Trigger, Shovel Knight with a question mark. 
because I think you might have played some of that game before. I've watched you play it a ton. Uh, I've never actually played it myself. Yeah, so that's a maybe, but we'll see. Uh, Super Metroid, A Link to the Past, uh, Axiom Verge. I don't know why that has a question mark. That's just a for sure. I think it's because I put that on the list. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Undertale, which is an absolute have to do. Metroid Dread, which is an absolute have to do. Uh, the Messenger, and I actually put this on my list. It should be on your list because we've talked about it. Is Pokemon Go should be on your list for me because I've never really played Pokemon Go, and I thought it would just be hilarious <laughs> to do it. <laughs> yeah, um, I I'm an advocate for that, uh, especially when I when I'm closer to you, we can like play that together and talk about it and stuff and like battle. And yeah, trade. and at some point. Yeah, and at some point down the line, we are going to do an episode on Pokemon Legends Arceus because that is on our uh, Baby Got front log because we both played it at about the same time, and we figured why not do like a proper episode on it eventually. So that's our list. Lots of exciting stuff. It will probably be ever-growing, but please, if you have, suge- have suggestions, uh, reach out. We would love to add more and do some that people are excited about. You know? Yeah, tell us about your favorite game that we have to play. Yeah. Um, All right. So I think with all of that out of the way, which has been a lot of housekeeping, I think we're going to talk about our Baby Got Backlogs. Would you like me to go first? You know, I think I'm going to go first uh, if that's if that's acceptable to you. It's it's copacetic. (gasps) Yeah. I'm so glad you used that word. I love the word copacetic. (laughs) Let's bring it back. Baby got copacetic <laughs> log. Oh my god! All right, talk talk about your backlog. Okay, so my backlog this week uh, was Enter the Gungeon. Um, in in full honesty to you and God and everyone, uh, I played this game for. <laughs> you said to God. <laughs> I played this game oh, for Jesus. like five hours. Um, did not get as far as any of us would have liked. Um, <laughs> I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'm going to say it again in the future. I'm not re- very good at video games for someone who loves them dearly with all their heart. I'm very notoriously bad at them. Um, and this game was very difficult for me. If you don't find this game challenging and you're like, Trevor, you're, you just suck. You, yes, that's probably accurate. Um, that said, I do have some like some things to say about this game. I I think it's a really cool idea. Like I like the the eight bit art and like it kind of that throwback feel of old school, but also new school because you use guns. Um, what I was what I was struggling with was the aiming is very hard. Um, it's it's almost non-existent, but I mean there is a way to do it. It's very hard though to me. Um, Wait, what do you mean it's non-existent? <clears throat> like, it actually. So of the five hours I played this game, it took me two hours to re- to realize that you can aim at all, um, without like <laughs> without actively moving. <laughs> so you can either like move towards someone and that will aim, or you can uh, hold. I think it's R. No, hold ZR. 
it's there's a button you hold <laughs> um to to aim but you can't move while or you can move while you do it but it's hard to i'm just an idiot and can't multitask my right and left hand don't talk to each other even though they're on the same controller what Trevor's saying is it's a twin stick shooter. So you move with the left stick that, and you aim with the right stick. Yeah, that that's, one. That's it. That's what it is. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I was having a hard time doing that because my hands are stupid, <laughs> especially my right hand, even though I'm right handed. Uh, so that I was having a hard time with. I also did not care for the fact. So all of the enemies have guns. That makes sense. What I did not care for. And some for, of them are guns. <laughs> Some of them are guns. Some of them are bullets. What I didn't care for is the fact that they move, they like move towards you and it's like, you have a gun, stay over there and I'm going to go over here and we'll have a shootout. Stop following me around. (laughs) It was like, no, stop chasing me. Like if we were doing sword fights, cool, but you you got a gun, I got a gun. And guess what? Your gun shoots in clusters. Let me go over here and hide. (laughs) So it was like, um, uh, it was hard for me because I was trying to run and shoot and dodge, dodge, duck, dip, dive and dodge. It was very hard. And I died a lot. My longest run. I have a record of two and a half minutes. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, I am actually surprised that it's as hard for you as it was because I've never played a twin stick shooter before this game. I don't play games with shooting at all. If you heard the list I'm giving to Trevor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I definitely don't have experience with this type of game. And it's definitely a bullet hell type game where things are constantly being thrown at you. I didn't think it would be as challenging for you as it was. I did not expect it to be either. Um, In fact, the, the first day, (laughs) The first day I played it, I slammed my controller down in absolute anger. <laughs> I'm like, wait, just t- please tell me though, you did do the tutorial, right? Like the the two yes. second tutorial that the okay, thank God, I did, I did, <laughs> um, but I still like just absolutely rage quit because I did like I don't know, ten like ten one minute runs and was like, you know what? Fuck this game. Fuck <laughs> guns. Like, <laughs> I was so mad. And then came, oh my God. came back to it and was like, all right, like this is, I, it's hard, but like, it's, I, I understand why people like it. I don't think it's my cup of tea. Um, I think the, also the other thing I, I kept comparing it to Hades, which I think was unfair. Um, because while they're both roguelikes, they're both very different games. Uh, and I, I love Hades as I should, as everyone should. Mm. Um, Ooh, I almost threw up in my mouth. Uh, I'm sorry. Don't ever say that out loud. (laughs) I'm so sorry. You know, we're recording this. Yeah, I know. It just, people are going to have to hear you say that. It just, it scared me. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. I didn't take my Adderall today. Uh, so there's no filter. I just, I was, I kept comparing it to Hades, which I think was unfair of me to do because I kept expecting that game to be as fun and entertaining and interesting as Hades. And it's, it's not that it's not interesting. I shouldn't say that. Um, but like I, 
had a much harder time getting into Gungeon than I did with Hades. Yeah. One thing that I feel like is worth pointing out that is a significant difference between Hades and Enter the Gungeon, which I don't know if you know the difference. Do you know the difference between a roguelike and a roguelite? Do you know the difference? There are two different ones. <laughs> yeah, there's two different ones. Oh. Roguelike and roguelite. Oh, teach me. So, I will. I, I only saw one video on it, but I never forgot it for some reason. So, there was this game, Rogue, which that was just what it was called. It was called Rogue, and it got really popular, I think, in the late 80s or 90s. It was a PC game. But basically, Rogue is the blueprint for all of the games we see, like Enter the Gungeon and Hades, where, like, when you die, you're permanently dead, and uh, the whole game is procedurally generated, so everything is completely random each time you play it. So a rogue-like means it's like exactly like the original rogue it's just that you die you start from square one and the only way to get to the end of the game is just to get better there's nothing that helps you you just have to learn how the game works and become a better player a rogue light with a t which would be hades is that when you die and go back to the beginning there are things you can permanently do that make your character stronger like have better health or have better stats so that's the key difference enter the gungeon being a straight rogue like there's nothing to help you like you don't your character gets no health upgrades or anything that makes it significantly harder than a game like hades okay see i didn't know that um So maybe I just don't care for roguelikes, honestly, or or rather, I'm not good at roguelikes because um, I I like or it's Hades. just not your or it's just not my cup yeah. of tea. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, with Hades and with Enter the Gungeon, the appeal is a little bit that you just have to learn more about the world. Like you have to learn the enemy patterns, you have to learn what bosses are going to be thrown at you, and like part of the appeal, I think, for me and for lots of people is that you're kind of just learning all the time and you're getting better and you can feel yourself getting better. But if the game's just too hard for you that you're not getting any better, then there's no, you're not going to ever climb the mountain. You're just going to sit at the bottom and be like, what is this bull crap? (laughs) Yeah, that was me. (laughs) Yeah. So, and that's fair. It's a, it's definitely a hard game. And, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to say it would benefit from being a rogue light or something because I think the developers didn't want it to be that way. Sure. You can buy, when you defeat bosses, you can buy new weapons that are available in the game and new, like, because you know how you're grabbing power ups and upgrades and weapons as you go. Yeah. You can buy new weapons and things that go into that pool of randomness. Okay. Um, and there are other things to unlock within the gungeon. Like there's different kinds of modes to start from a certain point or whatever, but there's really nothing to aid you. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you liked it. You kind of thought it was cool and it was really hard and you rage quit it a bunch. What else? I rage quit <laughs> so much. Um, <clears throat> I, I just, I could not get over the art style. Like it just, it was, it's just very endearing and like, um, it just, it felt very old school and new school all rolled into one little fun, fun, fungin. Yeah. <laughs> Enter the fungin. Yeah, they really do. 
Enter the Fungent. Yeah, they strike a nice middle ground, I think, of being retro and modern. Yeah. Um, um, and, you know, part of me wants to keep playing this game because I do, I do want to progress farther. But I think I'm going to have a really hard time getting myself to do that, in all honesty, just because of the kind of player that I am. It's very hard. It's very hard. I said that out loud to myself so much. Like, I would rage quit and be like, this is too hard. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's a very rewarding game, and surprisingly, I mean, it's all just gameplay first. Like, that's it. Like, you just play, and you do runs, and you you get... Uh, why can't I think of... You get money, and you buy new things. There's lots of things to unlock. There's, there's lots of secrets to find, and there's new characters that come back to the gungeon with you. There's a huge variety of bosses, so... If it's your thing, it's one of those games that you can just sink so many hours into and just keep finding stuff and like until you finally do get to the end of the gungeon and uh, beat it. Yeah, and I can totally see that. I, like I said, for for the kind of player that I am, it was extremely difficult and challenging, and um, and there is a learning curve to it and you know how i feel about learning curves in games like it's it's hard for me to adapt because i play like five different games at a time so the why are you widening your eyes you know this about me <laughs> i know it just sounds so terrifying to me the thought of trying to play five games at a time <laughs> now now if you're listening to this and you you're thinking you don't play five different games at a time yes i do I literally play actively play five different games at a time. And should I change that? Yeah, probably. Am I going to? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but I can try. Yeah, I. it makes me wonder, and people are welcome to chime in and weigh in on this. It makes me wonder which one of us is the weirdo, because I generally play one at a time. For the most part, I don't buy a lot of games that sit in my backlog. If I play a game, I'm generally going to play it pretty soon. And unless I really don't like it and can't bear to finish it, I finish most of them. Um, and you are so the opposite of that. And it makes me wonder which one of us stands out from the crowd or if we're like the two opposite extremes. Like, I want to know what people think when they hear this from us. Yeah, you know what? Um, <clears throat> go ahead and send your responses to the following email address hallwaygaming at gmail.com uh, way is two Y's H-A-L-L-W-A-Y-Y gaming at gmail.com I want to know I want to know you can yes. also send your suggestions for games to that email address yeah please email us and let us know your thoughts on that but uh, yeah, final note, didn't you love how every single thing in Enter the Gungeon is gun-themed? Like, all of the items are named after bullets or guns. It's just, like, so silly. My, I think my favorite ones are the little, uh, the little bullet bats. Bullet bats? Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the, little, yeah, the little bats that fly around. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, when you, when it comes to theming, this game does it right because literally every object in the game is gun themed in some way. I love it. And, and so the 
Oh, I was going to say, I think the book, like, as you go through the game, there's a book that details all of the enemies. I think it's called the Ammonomicon. Oh. <laughs> like, just stupid stuff like that. Yes, I wanted to comment on that. I love, I love that they called it the Ammonomicon. <laughs> that is, I'm so yeah. glad you brought that up because I made a mental note of it, but not a physical note, and it, it left my head. But I'm glad that you brought it up because I thought that was the funniest thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I believe there's also a sequel, which is more of like a platformer. So these developers, they did it right. They did a great job. Uh, it's also, I think, only like $15 or something. It's a, it's a really cheap game for for the money. But this was definitely for Trevor. This was a swing and a miss. Yeah. <laughs> Big time did not work for you. <laughs> yeah, I had a hard time with this one. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's OK. That's part of that's part of the show, you know. Yeah, it's going to happen just purely for the fact that we do play such different games. Yeah, so uh, unless you have any more anything more to say, I'm going to jump to my Baby Got Backlog, if that's cool. That's more than cool. That's copacetic. Oh, my God. <laughs> so my game is, by the way, it's basically everyone in the world's favorite game or at least everyone's like gaming darling who no who nobody has never heard of this game i played untitled goose game everybody loves it it was a huge smash hit um great story as far as i know this game like the devs were working on it and untitled goose game was just the working title for for years and then they were like, we just love it, so let's just stick with it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, which, by the way, if that doesn't sum up the entire energy of this whole game, <laughs> I don't know what does. <laughs> like, I've never played a more appropriately titled game. It's just that. Um, if you've never played it, you just play as a belligerent goose who runs around and terrorizes this small town and it's just a black... I don't even know why I'm saying this. Everybody knows this game. It's amazing that everybody knows this game. You also describe it as if, you know, that's some fantasy world where geese do that. That's that's real life, baby. I I know. It's, it's interesting. Like, the thing I kept thinking about is it's amazing, and it, it shows that you don't need a AAA studio with an $8 million budget to make a smash <clears throat> hit. It's like this game, I don't know what the budget was, but it was nowhere near something like Call of Duty. And it's the simplest, stupidest, silliest concept. You just play as a goose harassing people. And everyone was like, that's great. I'm going to buy it. Day of release. Like, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's we live in a world where we have like car mechanic simulator and train conductor simulator and um, goat simulator. Like someone, I feel like, I feel like if the budget was any bigger, this would have become Goose Simulator. But it stopped at like, let's just keep it as like a silly cartoon kind of thing. Yeah, and it, um, it's just such proof that like if you have a good idea that's well executed, it can be everyone's darling. Like everyone picked it up and everyone loved it. Um, yeah, and there's not, it's not much to say about it if you haven't played it. Like what you see is what you get. Um, I would like to point out, this is one thing I found really interesting. Um, if you're a music nerd like me, you played the game and the score of the whole game is just this, uh, 
I don't want to say minimalist piano track, but it's just piano that scores the game. And it, it's interesting because depending on what you're doing, the music changes. Like if you tick off one of the townspeople, like it'll get more hectic. And then when you run away, it'll get more calm, which is cool. But the whole game, I was thinking like, this is the most Debussy sounding like piano score. Like this is so inspired by Debussy. It's ridiculous. Um, and then when I rolled the credits and finished the game, it's actually just adapted from a Debussy piece. Oh, really? Yeah. Like he just took a Debussy piece. Um, and I mean, all it says is adapted, but I'm assuming he took the different movements and different parts and fit it to. So that's a really cool detail. It's actually just a piano piece by a famous classical composer, but it fits so well. I don't know how it's amazing. Yeah. Cause I, I remember really liking the music in that game. Yeah. And I immediately, it stuck out to me as sounding like Debussy, but I assumed it was, you know, something that was written. So that's a cool fun fact for all you music nerds out there. That is a fun fact. I think that's a fun fact for everybody, really. Yeah, it's great. Um, I had so much fun with this game. I loved it. Uh, I'm actually sad that I've seen speed runs of it and Let's Plays of it because I wish I went in more blind. I've seen this game everywhere. So a lot of it, I don't want to say I knew how to do a lot of it, but I've seen a lot of the villagers already and stuff, but it's just so fun. Like, I love that you have to learn what the villagers prioritize. Like you have to pick up a certain item. They'll be like, no, that's my favorite item. <laughs> and then like they run over and that's how you distract them to get another item away. Yeah. Um, I'm going to steal your, it's, your garden hoe so I can steal your keys. Yeah, and it's it's all that. I love that. So basically, everything that happens in this game is you find a new area, and immediately it's like, hey, here's a to-do list of things to accomplish. And it's all just things like steal this many items and bring them to the picnic blanket, or, you know, make this guy fall on his butt, <laughs> or get this guy wet with a garden hose, or whatever. Um, but, like, I love the idea that the the goose is walking up and that to-do list is just him going like, Oh yeah, this is what I'm going to do today. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's just a list of horrible things to do to people. Well, that's, that's how I imagine geese operate in the real world too. Like how can I ruin someone's day today? Let me just crap all across this beautiful park. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get and my that's, whole that's family, how it feels. my whole family and I are <laughs> just going to ruin this person's picnic. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how it feels. You just walk into a new area, and it's just like, to-do list updated. And you just open it up, and it's just this list of awful things. It's like, oh, my God. Ruin this child's um, birthday party. And you're like, on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. Here we go. Watch me. <laughs> you, like, set his favorite toy on fire before he gets to open it. Like, that's that's the type of things you do in this game. <laughs> It's so awful. Yeah, I remember one of them. One of them was like, throw this item in the pond. I don't remember what the item yep. was. It was, it was something you have to steal. It's one of the later areas. You have to steal it from the restaurant. I think you have to take a mug and run out of the restaurant with it and throw <laughs> it into the. <laughs> and like, it's it's even funnier because. 
you have to break into that restaurant by getting in a box <laughs> so that the guy carries you in. So like leaving the restaurant is a huge pain. Like you're like, I don't want to leave the restaurant and run out and do this all again. <laughs> but the goose is so determined to take it and steal the mug. And by the way, the, um, the characters in the restaurant don't ever leave to chase you, but when you run out with the mug, they follow you. Like it's like, oh my god, this goose is on a mission. He's a horrible person. Oh my god, person goose, person goose, person. Oh my god, oh. I'm crying from laughing so hard. It's it's so great. I mean, they just nailed it. And for again, it's such a simple concept, but the townspeople are all slightly different. Like the first guy you meet is just a single farmer. And then you meet a kid and an old woman who is a shop, but it's cool because they all have different behaviors. Like the farmer just ignores you. If you don't mess with him, Mm -hmm. the little kid is actively afraid of you. So you can honk at him and like chase him. Um, and then the, the, the townskeep woman, the, the townkeeper, whatever the shopkeeper lady, um, she tries to hit you with a broom. So, like, if she sees you, she will chase you down. So it's funny because you have to learn all of their personalities. Um, Then there's the two... There's, like, the guy who's trying to paint a vase, and then there's the guy next to him who's trying to just, like, drink his tea and read the paper. Um, And they interact with each other. Like, the guy reading the paper will throw things over the fence. So you have to bring the vase to him so he throws it over the fence to the other guy. Like, they just... They nailed... They nailed all of these little different things. Like, you're not doing the same thing over and over again. You have to be like, okay... I think my favorite one is when you get the bow tie on your your neck. Do you remember that one? No, I don't. So... It's it's those two guys. One of them is trying to paint a vase, um, and he has a little goose sculpture. Like, it's a little plastic goose sculpture that has a bow tie around its neck. So what you have to do is drag the sculpture goose away from where he's sitting, take the bow tie off of it, and then leave it so he can see that you've taken the bow tie and then when he's not looking you have to go stand in the place of where <laughs> the ceramic goose was and your little goose poses like you press a button and he poses like the ceramic goose and then he comes over and he ties it to your neck and it's just it's like the best mission like you're just like i know how all of these people work like i know how to get in their heads it's very funny how do i not remember that one yeah, I don't know. That was by far my favorite one, just because uh, it's just so silly. Um, it, it also strikes me too is like when you play the game, you're like, "Oh, look at look at all these feeble humans walking around. They care so much about all their little like they care all about all their little like silly tasks." But you, as a goose, see them as like feeble and kind of dumb, like that they're just wasting their time with nonsense. Yeah. But then it kind of made me question my own mortality as I was like, "Oh, that's that's me though. Like that's all of us." <laughs> yeah, you're like, who cares about a radio that much? And you're like, oh, I do. That's my radio. My radio. Yeah, yeah, that's how we all are. Like, we're just walking around doing silly human nonsense uh, until someday death will take us all. In a world full of people, be a be a chaotic goose. Be a chaotic goose, yeah. Um, it's great. I also love the sort of final boss that they give you, and I didn't think that there would be a final boss, is once you've gone through all of the areas, there's a tiny replica 
of the town, which is fun because you walk through the tiny replica and you get to remember. There's like little statues of all the people that you messed with and all their homes. You're like, oh, I remember. Like you reminisce the adventure you just did, which is weird. Um, And then at the end, you have to destroy this. uh, You have to destroy this building and take the bell that's sitting on top and you have to bring it from the end of the game all the way to the beginning where you started, um, which means you have to pass everybody again, but the bell is really noisy, so you can't run, or the townspeople will they'll hear you, and they will chase you down. And they also do a smart thing, which is they close all of the shortcuts. There used to be a bunch of shortcuts to get home quick, but the townspeople are like, no, this goose is coming for our bell. He's done this before. This and they close all of the shortcuts. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's, and they, they hunt you down. Like if they hear that bell, they stop whatever they're doing and they come for you. Like it's so evident that this is not the first time you've stolen a bell from these people and like ruined their day. It's, it's pretty hilarious. I love that. Also, I want to go back, um, to what you said about kind of reminiscing about all the things that you've done up to that point. A short hike does that too. Um, kind of in a, in a less obvious way. Like when you, uh, when you get launched into the sky and then you kind of glide back down, like you can overlook all the areas that you've been to before. And like, I like that. I like games that kind of like, look how far you've come. It's cute. Yeah, and I think the thing that's cool about both of these games is they're both, like, this big. They're very tiny games, Mm -hmm. but they somehow manage to make you feel like you've reminisced over all this stuff you've done. You know what I mean? It's not like you play these games for 60 hours. They're very short, but they still find a way to make you feel that in the home stretch. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. But it's, it's great. I love that they... I love that they, by the end, you kind of understand that this is not the first time the goose has ruined these people's day. And that's just amazing that, again, with such a simple concept, they've conveyed the idea that you've terrorized all these people. And then you bring the bell back to your home, you toss it down, and you're like, oh, that's why there was that big pile of, like, 12 bells at the beginning of the game that I thought nothing of. And now I know why they're there. Um and then you get a list of more ways to mess with more people. So if you're like a completionist, there's even more challenge things to do. A whole new list of, of tasks, which is, is so great. That's awesome. Yeah. I just, I, I love it. It's it's such a wonder that this game is like a game that everybody's played and everybody loves. They, they pulled off such a remarkable thing with such a silly <laughs> concept, but... They just did it so well, so I'm glad I played it. I can't believe I never have played it until now. I also but, can't uh, believe you've never played this game. You know, it, it was on my list, and to be honest, a lot of it was I wanted to play it with my fiancé, like, together. Um, and we don't really sit down and play games together that much. There's one we're, we're chugging through right now. So I was waiting for a moment to play it with her. We did get to play it a little bit together on the trip, and I actually let her play it too, which was cool. So I think I think we got the experience, but that's kind of why I put it, put it off, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so anyway, what did you think of Untitled Goose Game? I know I said a ton about it. You know, um... <laughs> Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not entirely sure I ever finished that game, but I got 
I, I got at least like halfway through, I think. Um, and I, I love that game. It's very like, I just love that you play as a, a chaotic, good goose. <laughs> no, he is not chaotic. Good. He is chaotic evil. See, I, I would argue that he's chaotic good. Cause like what we were talking about, about like, who cares this much about, about a radio or like a broom? Like this goose is like, listen, bitch, <laughs> You don't need this. I need this more. Yeah, how is no, that's chaotic evil. He everything he does, he does specifically or she. They do specifically to ruin people's days. Like there's nothing in fact, even like when you do the picnic where you steal all the things from the <laughs> farmer's garden, like you can't eat those. You're not eating the food you stole that's from true. the farmer. You're just taking them away from him. All right, I'll concede. He's a chaotic evil goose. As as oh, are he's most, the most geese. Yeah, right. And that's that's why they did they pulled it off so well. It's all just tied up with a bow so nicely. In your email to us, include how many geese you think you could fight unarmed. Yeah, you know, we've <laughs> talked about this for years at this point. <laughs> and we're we're nearing the end and we're maybe we shouldn't go on for too long. But basically, for years, me and Trevor have been arguing with another friend of ours. How many geese was it? Oh, was it like seven? Uh, yeah, it was like a gaggle. Yeah, so Trevor thinks he could take a gaggle in a gaggle of geese in a fight, unarmed, totally barehanded, no weapons. Yeah, unarmed, no weapons. Um, our friend and I've asked lots of people about this. There, it's it's pretty split fifty fifty down the middle. I think lots of people think geese are vicious and their beaks could seriously mess you up, but I'm like, nah. You get one by the neck and you just start swinging yeah. it. Yeah like a mace right they, they'll all run be like oh my god they, he grabbed jeff by the neck that's I my mean, dad oh god <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know so <laughs> it's been years of a debate <laughs> if you want to weigh in please <laughs> and I'm, I'm only a little sorry that i brought this into the the world of our podcast where listeners can now tell us how many geese they think they could take it a don't don't do it like don't fight a gaggle yeah. of geese. I I do want to know what you think of your own strength, though. Yeah, don't do it. But if you're gonna, please record it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> upload it to the internet so we can get some further research, and we'll ass- we'll assess. Like I don't know, he got his butt kicked by those geese, but he was kind of small. He doesn't look like he works out a lot, so we'll you know got to do a lot of quantitative research on this i think yeah if you post it on tiktok tag me trevor in the hall on tiktok oh my god please please don't please don't <laughs> do this on tiktok we're going to be responsible for the next trend on tiktok do it. which is like one person's going to do it and then suddenly it's going to blow up do it <laughs> oh my god so no you know what i am glad you brought it up because the first day i played this game i was like oh we have to talk about it on the show and i forgot oh i've so been planning on talking about it did. since i assigned you this game <laughs> the whole reason we started this show is secretly in the back of my mind i was gonna bring this to the show that's the only reason yeah i just wanted the public <laughs> to get involved in the you know i actually uh, this is the last thing i'll say about it and then we'll move on uh i found a, ch- <laughs> a chart on reddit uh last week that shows how many Americans versus Brits think they can take on certain animals. And uh, I just want to pull this up real quick. The goose... It's different between U.S. people and Brits? Yeah. 
quite actually. Oh my God. Um, oh no. Where's the chart? Oh no. Did I delete the chart? Okay. I deleted the chart. Um, but geese was pretty high. I think it, I, I want to say it was like 60% of Americans think that they could take on a goose unarmed, but a single goose. Oh, you, you did send this to me. Yeah, no, I have it in front of me actually. Oh, good. Cause I apparently I was, deleted it. So it's about looking just at goose and there's a lot of animals here. So around 30% of British women think they could take a goose, uh, around 50% of American women think they could take a goose. Uh, a little less than 60% of British men think they could take a goose. And then American men is just over 70%. So we're definitely the most confident. <laughs> and it's it's a pretty widespread... Um, it's a pretty widespread uh, graph here for that specific animal. Like with crocodile, it's all like 10% or less. Like no one thinks they're taking a crocodile. But with goose, it seems like there's a lot of contention and debate. So yeah. it's worth weighing in. This pretty important public public policy question we have in front of us here, I think. Yeah, if I could time travel back to high school and rewrite my policy paper, it'd be on this. <laughs> Oh, geez. All right. So we've covered a lot. Um, I hope if you listen to this, it gives you a lot to look forward to because we talked about tons of news. We talked about all of our backlogs, our potential guest episodes, which are which is exciting. So if you've gotten this far and God help you, if you did, uh, thanks for listening. Um, I think we're going to listen to a way out. No, not a way out. She was going to play Pokemon Emerald. What are you doing? She can be on more than one episode. No, she can't. Uh, <laughs> yes, she can. Um, <laughs> I hate my fiance. She's she going to hear this. this. She's going to hear this someday, and I'm going to hear about it immediately after she does. Um, so we're going to announce our next week's Baby Got Backlogs. and um, Now, you told me that you started one already, so... I want to know what it is. I also wonder if that means that I get to pick my game from the list. Do you ha- do you have one in mind? Would you like to pick one? You can pick. Are you there? I was thinking about it. You can pick. Okay. If you don't want to pick, I will, but you're certainly welcome to There's pick. There's just a lot of options. Okay. Well, I have one that is uh, an important one for sure. Um, so anyway, let's let's go ahead and start. I'm going to tell Trevor what my baby got backlog is because I already started it. Um, I already started playing God of War for the PS4. Yes. Yeah. Which Honestly, that was going to be my pick very, anyway. Yeah, I've been very excited about it. It's definitely like pretty... It's at the top of the list of games that I've always wanted to play but was never able to play. So I'm already into God of War, man. I'm already knee-deep. So that's going to be my Baby Got Backlog for next time. Oh, I, Exciting stuff. I cannot wait. Yeah. Um, and uh, for Trevor, he's going to be playing Undertale. Nice. And uh, I'm, I'm going to give him a pretty specific list of requirements to finish because if you've played Undertale... Um, there's obviously a lot there to unpack, but uh, I'm going to give him the specific deets for next time for Undertale, and then I'm playing God of War, and uh, I think that's it. Do you have anything else to say before we sign off? Pokemon's back to colors. Don't forget it. That's it. Don't forget it. Also, follow Violet and... Sorry. And Scarlet. Oh. 
Vi- Violet and Magenta. Go ahead. And Scarlet. Um, I was just going to say... There's three versions? <laughs> We're not friends anymore. The podcast is canceled. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I was going to say, uh, feel free to follow me, Trevor in the Hall, on uh, Twitch, the Instas, Grams, and the Tiki Taki. I'm there, Trevor in the Hall. I'm moderately funny, and I kind of post relatively often. Do it. Follow him. You won't regret it. Also, follow Cozy on his 3D printer. Uh, 3D printing Twitch. You'll love it. Cozy Dragon 3D printing. You won't be sorry. That's the one. Uh, All right. Well, thank you for listening. We will see you next time on Baby Backlog. Backlog.